Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Erin Norton, a Clubfoot Mom whose cutie was diagnosed the day after her husband was deployed. We are going to talk about the struggles she faced learning about the diagnosis all on her own and how that impacted the remainder of her pregnancy and her preparation for the treatment with her cutie. Erin and her son began the treatment before her husband was home and talk about how she struggled to find support for herself during that time. I'm grateful that Erin is willing to share her story with us today. So let's welcome Erin to the podcast. Hi, Erin. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Marie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. I love talking to Clubfoot Moms. I know I talk to a lot of um, different people kind of broaden their horizon in the podcast, but I have, there's a special place for the moms. That's who yeah. the podcast is for. And so I'm always really excited to talk to moms and just hear their stories. So yeah. thanks so much for being willing to share. Of course. I was, um, your Instagram, um, was given to me, um, by another, a club foot mom and she shared it with me and she said, I think you're going to really enjoy this page. And she has a podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, I have loved it. The podcast have been, has been so informative and the stories have been inspiring and I've just really enjoyed it. So thank you for having me. Ah, well, it's so sweet of you to say, I'm so happy. That's why I do it. You know, it's just so that uh, all the moms, future moms, clubfoot moms out there have a place that hopefully is inspiring and informative and yeah. a place where they can fa- see a little bit of themselves or I guess hear a little bit of themselves in the podcast. Yeah. And I know, um, I, I know you've talked about it too in the podcast where um, sometimes there or there are Facebook pages out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can be a little heavy, you know, and I feel like this podcast and your person, you know, your page has been the opposite for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important because Mm -hmm. we already have heavy things that we're dealing with and we don't need to see it constantly. Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you know, it's good to know and see things, but it's also good to see good things and like outcomes that are successful and doctors who have been doing it or about to start it you know it's just it's real your page yeah I totally feel you on that point and I do think I try to find a balance of being realistic about Mm -hmm. what we've actually struggled with right not falling into like this kind of false positivity sort of thing Mm -hmm. but also being positive because there is a lot of joy and just along the journey. And sometimes that's forgotten, especially on those pages, because so many people are reaching out for help. So you really see a lot of challenges and not so many um, positive stories. Like for Mm. everybody who's doing it well, you're not going on there like, oh, my daughter's doing great. Just everything's normal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the news, right? You don't hear as much as the good news as you do. Uh, all the bad news. Yeah. Well, that's so great. Well, thank you so much for saying that. So before we dive into actual clubfoot, why don't you give us a little bit of a backstory about you and your husband? Yeah. So 
I was born and raised in Texas and uh, my husband, he's from Minnesota and he was in South Texas uh, for flight school. Uh, my husband is a lieutenant in the United States Navy. So he was there and we met. So <laughs> we have quite the story. It'll be fun to tell our son uh, one day. And yeah, so we met in Texas. We now are in California. Okay. And um, that is where he's stationed. So. All right. How long were you guys um, married before you uh, had your son? Um, we were married in 2018 and okay. we had our cutie in 2021. Okay. So oh, awesome. a few years, a couple years. Yeah. So when did you first hear the word clubfoot and what was your initial reaction to the diagnosis? So to do, um, to give you a little backstory, mm-hmm. um, I was being seen, um, by a doctor, um, at first and I just didn't, I just wasn't getting the best vibes with him. I just felt kind of like a number and not really, he sees so many patients. I just didn't feel comfortable that he was going to be my doctor to -hmm. deliver our son. Um, so, and this doctor knew that my husband was about to deploy and, Mm -hmm. um, the first doctor, he did an anatomy scan for me at 18 weeks and six days. And during that time, um, while I was about, I don't know, four or five months pregnant, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I was already transitioning to the doctor who did deliver my son. Um, So I decided to do that anatomy scan because my husband was going to be here Mm -hmm. because he was leaving the following week. Mm. Um, So the very first anatomy scan we did, they did not catch or they Mm -hmm. didn't, they everything was fine. Mm. And I was with my husband, but you know, he was with me. Right. So when I went into my new doctor's office and to have my, you know, to meet him, you know, to kind of tell him what's going on in my life. Um, because I had planned to go back to Texas for about four months while my husband was deployed and I, or I guess two or three months and I'd come back the last month to have our son. Um, you know, it was my first time meeting this doctor and, you know, giving him my plan to make sure he was okay with it. Um, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to do a second or to do an anatomy scan because I, you know, I was a new patient and, Mm. you know, I was about to leave to Texas and I was, it happened on a Tuesday and I was leaving to Texas on Thursday. Like, and my husband left on Monday. (laughs) Like that's how the week planned out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I went into that anatomy scan when they gave me the diagnosis completely like, oh, he's fine. I just had one last week. And yeah. So whenever the doctor, the ultrasound tech, she did the anatomy scan and she was, you know, very quiet. She's very nice. Um, I do remember her kind of going back to the foot Mm. Um, or his feet. I didn't know right or left at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember she was nudging my stomach, like trying to get a good picture, nothing mm-hmm. hard or anything. She was just mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. moving him around, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then she politely said, okay, the doctor will be right in. And um, he said, I'm going to take a look at a couple things. Um, you know, can you expose your stomach again? And 
I just knew like something's not right. Why would he have to do it again? Uh, and uh, he went right to his feet and he told me that it looked like your son has the right club foot. And yeah. I was just in complete shock um, mm. because I, like I said, I had already had an anatomy yeah. scan right. and I was like, it's not, no, like I, what is the club foot? I, because I had no idea. Yeah. I, it's a birth defect. Um, yeah. That's just not really talked about. Mm-hmm. And I know you've said it um, in the past because maybe it's because it's, the treatment is so accelerated and it's at right after birth mm-hmm. by the time they're older, there's really, you know, not a ton of long-term issue. Most of the time, there's not a lot of right. long-term issues. Yeah. So I was just in complete shock. Yeah. I, and my husband at that time, he was already gone. Uh-huh. Um, so it was just me and my doctor was so apologetic because not only did he tell me my son had a birth defect, but he then told me I couldn't go to Texas. I had to stay close to him. He was going to send me to a maternal fetal doctor, mm-hmm. a geneticist. He wanted me to find an orthopedic doctor. Uh, so it was a lot. Yeah, it was um, whoa. shocking. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's super shocking because you mm-hmm. had just had a scan. Mm-hmm right before that where nothing was shown. So you think you're coming into this scan with a new doctor yeah, and your husband is gone and you're planning to move, go back to Texas. Right. I mean, it's just a lot. Did you have any knowledge of what Clubfoot was before they said that word? No, none yeah. at all. And it's so mm-hmm. funny, Maureen, because again, I know you said, have said this in the past. Yeah. Um, so at that time, I had no idea what club foot was. Yeah. I didn't know anybody mm. that had club foot. And now that mm. my son mm-hmm. is a club foot cutie, dear friends of mine, had their husbands have had club foot like and they I had no idea it's just it doesn't come up in conversation mm-hmm. you know I've known them for years and I know and like, oh they, they, like they feel like they didn't even know like I know people who's like my best friend who I had known since they were little was like oh yeah I had that yeah They're like wait wait a second I've known you like my whole life but yeah. because treatment happens so early mm-hmm. You don't, yeah, it's, it's crazy how the community kind of blossoms around you once you know it, once you've heard it, mm-hmm. once you're a part of it. But before that, it's, I didn't, I had no idea. I was yeah, like, I no you idea. know, like, never heard of it, never heard any family, um, family history of it. I just had no clue. So, yeah, I do remember my doctor asking me, um, one of his, Uh um, questions right away was, Oh, does anybody in your family have it? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not that I know of. Mm -hmm. I didn't, my parents didn't, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, um, Mm -hmm. it was a, it was a long day. And I remember, Mm -hmm. um, I went to my car, you know, I'm trying to hold myself together. You know, I wasn't crying in the office. I was mm-hmm. just in pure shock. So yeah, when I got to my car, um, I had Googled just club foot and yeah. that was, you know, I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. Google gives you the 
severe case of anything. <laughs> and that's what popped up. And um, uh, I called my husband right away. And I will never forget the, I was crying and telling him and he just was staying quiet on the phone, letting me kind of feel my feelings, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he just told me to dig deep and push forward and mm -hmm. that he knows I can get through this. So mm -hmm. it was, and that's just him. Like he's, and I know we'll hopefully talk about him later, um, a little bit more about him, but that's just yeah. his personality. Yeah. Like he's just, he's the calming demeanor yeah. for me, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel you. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Um, my husband is definitely the calm one and the like, you know, um, I heard a good word to describe him the other day, like just like sanguine, just like very positive, like a good outlook, like just I can make this happen. And I'm like, mm -hmm. so not that. So <laughs> I can't imagine what it would have been like without him there to help me process. So how do you think it would have been different? I mean, you'd just been in a scam though with him and everything was like hunky dory. And then to go to this next scam thinking everything's going to be fine and he's not there. Do you think if he would have been with you or if you would have found it in that first scan, things would have been different? I think if we had found it in the first scan, mm -hmm. um, we could have processed it together right. versus solo, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was with his squadron mm -hmm. and I'm mm -hmm. literally by myself at this time. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. we don't have family um, close. Um, of course, I have friends, but I didn't run to them immediately after mm -hmm. the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I think if he was at least with me for the first one and they had diagnosed him at that time, we could have processed it. Even if it was just a few days, you know, mm -hmm. we could have, maybe if I looked at Google, it wouldn't have been so intimidating or scary with him by my side. And, you know, when you're by yourself, you're, you, it almost kind of feels like I was defeated. Mm -hmm. I felt robbed. Um, not only was mm. my husband gone, but mm. now this, you know, yeah. and I, I do have to say, um, you know, going into my marriage, I knew my husband was in the military and, yeah. you know, I yeah. met him when he was in the military. Right. right. I knew that there was going to be a point in time in our marriage, um, that I would have to be alone. You know, mm. um, I'm not the first military spouse to have my, a child without their mm -hmm. husband. And I'm, not the last, right? Mm -hmm. It's a huge sacrifice, but you're willing to take it. You know, you love this person. And mm. so I knew going into this, this was going to ha potentially happen. I mean, I obviously didn't know it was going to be this. It could have been just like, he'd be gone and I'd be at home raising our children or, mm -hmm. you know, it's yeah. going to happen at some point in time. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it ended up happening where he was going to be deployed and I would have our son by ourselves. And I thought, okay, you know, women do this all over the country. Mm -hmm. And then you add, you know, the stress of, oh, well, and your son has a birth defect and we yeah. have to give him treatment yeah. very soon after birth, you know, it, weekly. It's not just like, oh, okay, yeah, come in once a month. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Pretty accelerated. Yeah. So how was the remainder of your pregnancy? 
like, did you have, did you schedule that like maternal or the fetal maternal ultrasound and then meet with an orthopedic doctor? Like what, how did you find resources after that initial shock? Um, so my doctor, he set me up with the maternal fetal mm-hmm. doctor. He set me up with a geneticist. Mm-hmm. And I think the geneticist was to give me more information mm-hmm. and to kind of get my back or, you know, my husband and our background mm-hmm. together as mm-hmm. um, in our family's background. Um, the maternal fetal doctor, I went to him quite a few times. I went three times. Um, three different appointments, um, because there was some, like, there was some measurements that were kind of wonky and they just Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that everything was okay. And, you know, so again, those doctor, you know, that going to a specialist Mm -hmm. in anything is kind of intimidating. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, this is not normal, right? Right. Everybody has to go to Mm -hmm. this specialist. Um, And my friends, um, one of my military spouse friends, she went to me, she went with me to, I think my first or second maternal fetal, um, appointment. And I thought that was just really nice because I'm not alone. You know, I got to kind of lean on her and I don't know, kind of be, not be by myself and have to be emotional or Mm. not. And it was it was nice to have, you know, those friends who Somebody there. did that. Yeah. Yeah. Me. But so I think in total, I've had five anatomy scans when wow. I was pregnant. And again, that's not something that's normal. Um, yeah. But I remember one scan, um, we counted out his fingers and toes to make mm-hmm. sure that all the digits were there um, or not there, you know? Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that was really incredible. And I feel like that's a moment that I will hold on to because, Mm -hmm. because I'm in this situation, I got to count my son's fingers and toes while he was in my stomach. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's it was really cool. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, trying to bring the perspective and things and right. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of, like, how did you find out information about what the treatment was going to be like? Did the doctors talk to you? Did you uh, get all your info from Google? Like, how did you start to educate yourself about what Clubfoot meant and what the treatment was like? Yeah, so I stayed off Google after I initially, yeah, yeah, Googled Clubfoot. I stayed off Google for about a good month. Mm. just for my uh sanity yes but I reached out to the mom who actually recommended your page uh she was my first Mm. I like had searched clubfoot on Instagram Mm -hmm. and um she also has a son you know they're just similar in age and I just felt connected Mm. to her um and I had reached out to her and she was actually my first um kind of in she kind of told me what the treatment was and kind of her journey. Um, and then doctor wise, I had, um, the first doctor I spoke to was Dr. Frick here in uh, California. And he and I had a great, um, zoom, you know, was during COVID of course. Yeah. um, We had a good, great conversation and he was just the most patient doctor with me answered 
my questions, um, answered questions, you know, I didn't even have told me things that I mm-hmm. wasn't prepared to ask. Um, so he kind of was the first who gave me the exact treatment mm. plan, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's was, a, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this part of the podcast. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, yeah, I do think that Instagram seems to be a safer platform for me. It was mm-hmm. even when I was pregnant to, there was something um, less fear inducing about it. And I don't know what that was, maybe because I was, as opposed to the groups on Facebook, you could see people's journey just through their page, mm-hmm. right? So there are a lot of Clubfoot pages out there where people are talking about their Um, child's treatment journey. So you're able to see a little bit more of the progression of each child, as opposed to these kind of immediate crisis questions where you actually don't really know what the outcome of those are. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. It's more personal, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just so thankful that her page wasn't private, you know, like she, and she didn't um, go into full detail about her son. Um, It was kind of more sporadic, I guess I, but I had found Mm -hmm. out because I had Googled Clubfoot or searched Mm -hmm. Clubfoot and yeah, she, she's just been just a friend and, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody who I, when I was kind of feeling really, you know, kind of up in arms about things, I guess I could reach out to her and because she, her son's treatment is like five or six months ahead of mine. Mm -hmm. She's going through it before me. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was great. You know, these, like you said, these people on Instagram, it's just different. It's a different dynamic and it's definitely something I gravitate towards more towards than the scary Facebook pages. And, you know, I hate to say scary, but sometimes even my husband, when he came home and he's like, I think I have to delete that. It's so sad, you know, like, and it, it's hard to see. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you it's just feel for these parents and the kids and yeah, but it's a lot to take in, mm-hmm. in a little amount of time. Yeah. But I do think one of the great benefits of social media is that ability to connect on a different level with even if it's just like you said, one mom, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I always talk about my two friends who are like my lifelines, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, without social media, I wouldn't have met them. Yeah. Yeah. So there are those positives and there is just so much that you can gain from somebody that's in a similar, same experience than you. So it's really great that you were able to connect with her and, you know, get a lot of the information like directly from the source, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who's actually going through it because a lot of the stuff you're like, uh, you know, um, I don't, I don't know how, you don't know how much of it is actually applicable to what mm-hmm. your experience is going to be like. Yeah. It's even when it comes to the doctors, I, you've said this before, it's when it's different with parents who, mm-hmm we're in it every day. Um, it's not like we get a break, you know, Mm -hmm. the the boots and bar on our 
are on for years, you know, I know. Um, But even doctors, you know, they only know things by Mm -hmm. what they're taught. They don't know the everything we go through Mm -hmm. when we're at home. That's right. Um, And I, I know Dr. Frick has said this um, publicly, but he's not only a doctor, but a parent of a clubfoot child. And so I felt like he had it, you know, he had it personally and that's his job, you know, and Mm -hmm. you can tell, you can tell those the difference mm-hmm. in doctors mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he gets it. He, and yeah, nobody will under another mom will not understand what I'm going through unless they're a club foot mom, you know? Yeah. It's just, right. It's it. just something about that lived experience, mm-hmm. the lived which experience. is one of the drivers why I wrote the book in the first place. Cause I love Betsy Miller's book. That's where mm-hmm. I got so many of my, that's where like I first got my knowledge. Cause I left that appointment at my OB and she was like, don't Google anything. And I'm like, okay, great. So I'm not going to Google anything, but how am I, but you literally told me nothing. So mm-hmm. w- what am I supposed to do with this now information? And yeah. I remember ordering um, Betsy's book and reading through it. And I swear it was like an hour, maybe I just like power through it. <laughs> And I love her book, but at the same time, I just felt like I needed to hear from a mom that like, mm-hmm. that had been through it, that had, mm-hmm. I needed more than just the surface level treatment stuff. I yeah. needed like, what did you do when you were doing stretches and they were screaming? Like mm-hmm. I just, that experience that people don't know unless you've lived it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Cause I mean, even the doctors, of course, Betsy yeah. Miller, their books are so informative and it's a guideline, right? Yeah. You have That's a right. guideline of what's going to happen in the next months to years. But like you said, we're the, we're at home doing the stretches, mm-hmm. doing, you know, shopping them in the boots and bar yeah. checking to make sure the cast isn't slipping yeah. or, you know, all the things that mm-hmm. come along with it. It's not, just like, okay, their foot's fixed and we're done. It's yeah. a long journey. And right. Uh, not so I know. So what was your casting experience? Like, was your husband home by then or were you doing it on your own? No, I was completely on my own. My mom was here when my son was born. And I think she, she was here a month before he was born and then a month after. Um, and I decided to wait until my son was four weeks old. Um, okay. I could have got him casted as early as two weeks. I know some mm-hmm. people do it right mm-hmm. away. Um, I just felt like I wanted to enjoy not the cast right away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. say it. No, I, I get it. Yeah. I, when they told me I couldn't bathe him, that was, again, you know, something like, what? You know, I kind yeah. of took that for granted. Like, I'm going to bathe my child, right? That's mm-hmm. what, that's <laughs> what comes with a newborn. And mm-hmm. so I waited till he was four weeks. Um, and we did uh, four, four casts and then his tenotomy. Um, mm-hmm. And he, my husband came home the last week of, um, the last cast of the, okay. You know, after the tenotomy. Okay. Um, so my husband did 
see him in his cast. Um, mm-hmm. And then he went straight to Boots and Bar. Mm. So he My husband was home for the fun part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we always talk because my husband has only knows him with the corrected foot. Wow. You know, wow. and I think that's yeah. kind of, um, that's a lot. That's, yeah, it's crazy to think because never even he doesn't, it, but you're right. Yeah. He never saw him with, you know, a abnormal foot or mm-hmm. even during the casting phase, it kind of turning with the manipulation. Yeah, that progression, right? Yeah. So he's only known him as a normal foot. You know, it's just a normal foot. Um, wow. But he was home for the boots and bar. Um, and my son was um, breached. So I had a C-section mm-hmm. um, because of that. And yeah. because of him being breached, he also had hip dysplasia. Okay. Um, so not only <laughs> was he wow. in boots and bar, but he also had to have the hip dysplasia brace. Oh, my jeez. Um, yeah. So, but... Thankfully, at that time, my husband was home and Mm -hmm. um, he helped me. You know, I I really thought just not wanting to put that brace on him, because if you could just Mm -hmm. imagine his feet are strapped together and I'm sure you've seen the hip dysplasia brace, but they look like they're in a ball. Right. Like just a basketball. Yeah. Yeah. and I hated it. You know, I wow. like, he was just in cast. Why, you know, I felt. So he was again. in the hip dysplasia brace and the boots and bar at the same time. At the same time. For yeah. how long? A month. Whoa. And that was. That was during his transition to boots and bar. Yes. Yeah. He was also in the, oh my <laughs> word. And they, wow. at, you know, at that time he was 23 hours a day in his uh, yes. boots and bar and right. he was 23 hours a day wanting ah. in the hip dysplasia brace um and you know at that time I was still just exclusively breastfeeding um, mm-hmm. I really wasn't pumping it was just kind of on demand situation mm-hmm. so it was it was hard. It was hard for me to kind of get past that month. Um, because I'm like, how, how do, how does this work with this? And it was just a lot. It was another kind of hurdle we had to jump through and I couldn't have been <laughs> happier that my husband was back. Um, yeah. How did he handle it? Like when he came home and like you said, he had never, seen his foot before it was corrected but like how Mm -hmm. did he handle jumping in like this is your first child right yes and so you know meeting his son for the first time and then also having not only the boots and bar but the hip dysplasia brace yeah so a little backstory on my husband um Mm -hmm. not to divulge too much information, um, mm-hmm. like about his personal life. Right. Um, I yeah, can't totally right. speak for him, but, uh, my husband, um, has a stammer. So he, you know, mm. all his life has had to deal with that. Um, mm. and with that comes obstacles and a lot of hurdles to jump through, um, mm-hmm. bullying, whether yeah. I've heard stories about kids and teachers giving him a hard time and Mm -hmm. he's the type of person who has learned to 
not only just deal with it, but to mm-hmm. um, laugh things off or roll things off his back. And he has just gone through f- the fire, um, especially to be where he is now when he was 18 and decided he wanted to be a pilot. Mm. Um, some people thought he couldn't do it. And now he flies the most incredible plane on the planet. Right. Wow. Um, so wow. for him, yeah. he has, I wouldn't even say risen from the ashes because he's never let himself be in those ashes. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. He's always been the overcomer he's stood on giants like he's Mm. been this guy who laughs in the face of whatever you know obstacles Mm -hmm. that seem impossible for people who have stammers um and he's the strongest person I know and um he has not ever Sorry, I'm trying not to get emotional talking about my son or him. Yeah. Um, but he's not let William, you know, he has always been so encouraging from the start. Like he's yeah. he's gonna get through this. It's gonna be fine. He's gonna learn. He's gonna yeah. be resilient. He's gonna, you know, mm. be fine. He's gonna get through this, you know. Kept on just the most positive outlook when I'm like, it's not fair. He's a baby. He shouldn't have to be, you know, and that's mm-hmm. not him. Mm-hmm. And that's, Um, he's just, I knew our son and our son is just that he is. And I know so many kids are so resilient, but I just feel like our son is just like his dad. Like he, there's nothing that stops him. He never fussed, complained when he was in any braces, any casting, um, Mm. He's just very much like his dad, just, you know, I'm going to get through it. And this is just how it's going to be. And my husband has just been the sound of reason and been Mm -hmm. the person to, this is what the doctor says, Aaron, we are going to do what the doctor says. This is Mm -hmm. what's best for him. Mm -hmm. He has to be in this brace. He has to be in this position. You know, it's just going to happen. And Ah. I couldn't, I, when I tell you, I couldn't be more thankful. I am so happy that he was with me during that month. Cause it, I might not have put him in the brace. It's <laughs> like, not fair, but yeah. he's been, he's just the leader of our family. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's, it's better when he's around. Yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds like he's faced personal adversity, right? Yeah. And yeah. You've gone through that. And you personally felt what it's like to build that resilience and face it and move forward and push past it. There, I think there just has to be a different level of understanding and going like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this is what we have to do mm-hmm. and he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that a lot of clubfoot parents out there can relate to that feeling of like, Ugh. This isn't fair. You know, mm-hmm. I've talked about that a lot. Like it, you do, you can fall into that and then you can be like, and then with everything else and the hip dysplasia and you're like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to put my child in this. This isn't fair. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be responsible. The one who's putting them in. The yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, there is yeah. something to be said about that, even though we know at our core that it's the right thing to do and it's mm-hmm. what we're working for, right? And it's what's going to lead us to be successful. That doesn't mean that there are not days that you are burnt out and like, mm-hmm. I don't, this is not what I want to do today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And it's, you know, in our treatment with our children, it's about consistency, right? Mm-hmm. And um, right he's not let me forget that, you know, that Mm -hmm. you got to stay consistent. You got to fight hard. And sometimes it's not going to be easy Mm. and they're going to fight back. Right. And they're not going to want to put their boots on or, Mm -hmm. you know, the casting might have, they might have been mad that day. You know, it's, it's not easy, but it's the fight. It's either fight or flight. Right. And yeah, we have to choose to fight. And my Mm. husband has been, incredible and always reminding me that fighting is just there's no other option yeah you have to fight wow I love that I think that's so right I think yeah and it is because it kind of is fight or flight like you Mm -hmm. have to do the daily grind Mm -hmm. I've never thought of it that way but you're so right and you know, we do need, it's, it's hard because if you don't have a partner, um, I imagine what it would be like to not have a partner who either, or have a partner who maybe wasn't as on board and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, believer in that consistency. And then you're like, but this is what we have to do. And it sounds like you guys were a really good partner and he came Mm -hmm. home at just the right time for you. At just the right time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun though. I or not fun, but I wanted him to see the casting phase um, yeah. because I wanted him to experience um, mm. uh, an appointment where mm-hmm. they take off the cast, then we get to bathe him, mm. and you know, it's so he got to experience somewhat of an appointment yeah. of a casting appointment. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy that he got to be part of that because it's a big deal, you know. Yeah, our son obviously you won't remember it but yeah. we do we I know. remember every appointment everything mm-hmm. the doctor says every time he gets his pictures taken for a different you know foot position mm-hmm. um we remember it all so I wanted him to be a part of that journey or, mm-hmm. you know the casting journey um but yeah. we, thankfully uh my son didn't have um any slips um we did have to change one cast because he had a little growth spurt and there was some um redness or some irritation oh, yeah um and that's I don't think a lot of people even I parents even me when I was pregnant I don't think they realize how how like hyper focused you are on the yeah. cast and like are they okay? Is this redness because they're hot or because the cast is irritating them or, you know, there's so much that goes into it. Um, Mm -hmm. so the casting was, it was a lot, you know, and, um, but thankfully he had no issues, um, Mm -hmm. during the casting phase. He, he was only really fussy after his tenotomy, um, for a few Mm -hmm. days after, Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. was scary. Um, you know, you, can't just take off his cast and look at his wound or check him and so So it was a hard yeah it was a hard couple days to get through Um, Uh the tenotomy itself is scary Uh Um, especially you know with two 
you have two feet, yeah. you know, yeah. that they have to have the procedure on. And yeah, it's just a lot that uh, it is. And procedure. yeah, and you're right. I think there's just a lot of that. What ifs, especially, you know, in the boots and bar, at least there's some point where you can take the boots off and you can look like you can, mm-hmm. check, right. You can mm-hmm. check the skin. You can make sure everything's looking okay. But yeah, when you're in those casts and you're like, I hope everything's okay. And the amount of times I like check to see if she had slipped cast, we thankfully were in the same boat and never actually dealt with that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, you just never know, like, are they, and they're infants. And so you're like, I don't know. They're newborns. So yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, are you mad because you're mad or are you mad because some you're trying to tell me something's wrong. That's yeah. the hard part. Um, that one of the hardest parts of the casting phase is like mm-hmm. I, trying to determine what your baby's trying to tell you without yeah. them being able to tell you. Yeah. I've, you know, I don't know if I've ever heard somebody say that having a child is the easiest job. <laughs> so having a newborn in yeah. general is the hardest job ever. You know, yeah. you're learning, you just met this baby, you know, yeah. and then throwing them in, you know, on yes. top of that, uh, cast, I know that's, it's hard, man. It's, it was a hard few weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think part of me too, was a little scared to mm-hmm. kind of jump into that. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's a reason I kind of pushed the yeah. treatment um, because it's, it's a lot, it's yeah. a lot of things going on. And like you said, you're on top of that, still a mom, you know, yeah. to this new baby and yeah. you're not sure how to navigate all of it and mm-hmm. understand it and, you know, trying to keep your cool on top of it, you know, like it's, I know the casting was, I know I told my, um, our doctor mm-hmm. that I was happy to be done with it because mm-hmm. like you said, if anything was wrong with him, I could easily take his boots and bar off. And right. Yeah. Check him thoroughly yep. and not have yep. to drive an hour to his doctor. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So if you could tell a mom who just found out that her baby will be born with clubfoot something, what would it be? I would tell her to, uh, create your circle, Mm. um, by design to Mm. lean on people, to let them love you. Mm. Um, to not be fearful. Mm. Um, also Mm. (laughs) try not to, um, make issues in your head that aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, at the yeah, like you said, Mm -hmm. I always was so concerned about his body heat if he was too hot, you know, Mm. and, or, you know, oh, and that was when he was in my stomach, you know, I'm just always thinking like, how am I going to make sure he's cool or, you know, making up all these, issues that never arise. You know, Mm -hmm. I was stressing myself out for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, when challenges arise, so do new strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a high school friend of mine. Um, she didn't know at the time that I had a club foot child. Um, and she told me something that, you know, everybody has said, it's a tale as old as time. She said, um, you never know how strong you are until you have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that always stuck with me. Um, mm. That you're going to be okay. You're 
it's hard. And Mm -hmm. sometimes in the thick of it, it's like, there's not going to be life the next day. You know, it's Mm -hmm. really hard right now, especially Mm -hmm. if you're doing it solo Mm -hmm. and without your support system, your family, your spouse. Um, but it, it gets better and Mm -hmm. it passes and you're a lot stronger than you think you are. And nobody knows your baby better than you do. Right. I know you said that before and it's true. Yeah. That baby was, um, made specifically for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think those are all wise words. I love this, uh, create your circle by design. I think that's very wise and I haven't heard that before. And I think that is a real benefit to moms to hear out there. Like you have control, you don't have control over your child's diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do have control over the people that you choose to surround yourself with and Mm -hmm. who you allow to help you. Like, right. Like I talked openly about how I was unwilling to accept help to my detriment. Um, Mm -hmm. I still struggle with that today, but (laughs) it's an ongoing process of, you know, allowing people who want to help to help. And Mm -hmm. those people have, you know, the people in your circle that you choose have good intentions and trust them to that when they say they want to help, they want to help. They wouldn't say it if they didn't want to, you know? Yeah. And more people than you think. Mm. I know. I don't, mm-hmm. I think I had told you, um, we didn't tell anybody about my son's diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, until after he was born, wow. um, our parents knew and our siblings, yeah. Okay, but we kept it from grandparents and mm. uncles. Um, huh. and part of me was fearful of having to take on their worry and mm. their sadness mm-hmm. when I was already struggling with it. Um, yes. and when I did tell my family, um, you know, my closest aunts and uncles, it could have been more opposite. You know, they never showed him pity. They never showed Mm. me pity. It Mm. was more of triumph messages that Mm. my son was an overcomer, that I was an overcomer, you know, it was Mm. encouraging. And, um, I know if I could do things different, if Mm. we did have a second child that had club foot, my circle would include more of my family because mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I let fear stand in the way of that. And, mm-hmm. um, I just, hmm. yeah, it was hmm. surpri- not surprising, I guess, because they love me and they yeah. love my son and they would, they know that we can do hard things, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I can understand that though. I can understand wanting to, it's enough and being protective of yourself and going like, I can't, you don't know how people are going to respond. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you don't want to take on while you're processing this on your own, their, their responses too, Mm -hmm. but you're right. I do think, um, there is something about when we're trying to protect ourselves, we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable and, Mm -hmm. When we're not vulnerable, then we're not, um, we're not open to help, right? We're not fully honest with ourselves. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, Mm. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, 
And I think my parents, I know they're going to listen to this. <laughs> uh, and like you said, um, mm-hmm. immediately once I got my son's, son's diagnosis, I felt so protective over him. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in the past, I've been reactive mm-hmm. and I've learned from those reactions um, mm-hmm. to wait. And I didn't ever want to say something that I wasn't fully, that I didn't fully understand. Mm-hmm. You know, at mm-hmm. that point in time, I had never heard of Clubfoot. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, you know, broadcast it to everybody and mm-hmm. not have answers prepared for them. You know, mm-hmm. like, what is this? I, I have no idea. And yeah. I felt like I needed to learn that mm-hmm. without the question, other questions that they yeah. may have and mm-hmm. kind of learn it, um, with my husband and cause it was new, like this is, this is all yeah. very new to us. Um, yeah. so that's another thing I was trying not to be, um, I was being protective. Yeah. I was trying not to be so reactive and just, yeah. 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 And I do think there is that part where you're trying to learn on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk, I have talked about, like, I told my husband, you know, a couple weeks after diagnosis, I was like, is there ever going to be a time where I don't think about clubfoot like, every <laughs> single minute of every single day, like it just consumed my life. Yeah. So then all my thoughts. And so then to think about like having to explain something I didn't even understand to somebody, um, and that child is growing inside of me and it just felt like I needed to you know, space to figure it out on my own first. Yeah. I was able to really tell other people. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody's journey is different with that. Some people mm-hmm. are like real sharers and they are able to process while sharing and other yeah. people need time to figure it out. And I think you got to trust your instinct. And I tell that to moms all the time, but mm-hmm. it's not just about treatment. It's not just about all that, but it's about trusting your instincts on what you need in the moment. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What feels right. Right. And yeah. In that very moment, what feels right to you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know for my husband, I don't know, maybe because he is so strong and he's had to face adversity, um, daily. Right. Mm-hmm. He quite, he didn't understand why I wanted to be silent or, you know, not be silent, but just keep it to ourselves for a little Mm -hmm. bit. So we had to learn, you know, he had to understand what Mm -hmm. I, where I was coming from. And I had to understand that how he felt. And I mean, we came to a common ground on who to tell and who not to tell. And, you know, it just Mm -hmm. worked out. You just got to feel, you just, you know, trust your gut and trust your instinct. And like I said, your circle doesn't have to be a hundred people. It can be five and Mm -hmm. lean Mm -hmm. on those five people, Mm -hmm. you know, let them in, let them help Mm -hmm. you, um, let them let you, uh, or take them to appointments. If your Mm -hmm. husband is gone, you know, like those little things. And, um, so yeah, it was, um, that was our decision. Um, but it worked out and, um, so yeah. Yeah. I think that's all great. Uh, really great advice for new moms who are out there just starting on the journey and thinking about it. So yeah. thanks for sharing. Of course. So I'm going to end with my uh, favorite question, which is 
<laughs> that I always end with. Uh, actually, uh, I've recorded a podcast about this that we'll release later about why I asked this question because uh-huh. I kind of finally figured it out. But it's my favorite <laughs> question. So yeah. has there been like a special moment that sticks out to you during treatment? Um, it can be really anything, you know, you've listened. So, you yeah, know, yeah. It's like what? <laughs> Uh, what I don't has it been I don't know if there was a song I say yeah <laughs> there's this 90 song I always sing I don't know uh maybe not 90 I don't even know but uh-huh. I don't even know the name of the song I just know kind of the rhyme but I've mm-hmm. always sang that to him I, mm. it's the I love you always and forever near and mm. far closer together I, you know because it was just us two it was just me and him I felt right. like he was my little buddy you know mm-hmm. us two going through the fire <laughs> but um wow during the treatment I mean so when you're cutie um or you know when club of cuties are doing in the cast and then they're in the boots and bar mm-hmm. I know for me I felt like how is he going to progress in his motor skills like mm. that's not going to happen how is he going to do this with his feet strapped together you know right. And his doctors kept telling me, you know, he will, he's gonna, this is just going to be his normal, you know, he's going to be like, okay, this is how I got to do things. And I'll never forget when he first went from, um, back to stomach on with his boots and bar on, Mm. it was amazing to see Uh this little baby Uh using all of his strength, plus the weight. Uh on his feet to flip himself over. Right. And then he started to crawl with his boots mm-hmm. and bar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how, you know, with the little, you know, you know. simultaneously with his feet together, wasn't like one. And yeah. I'm just amazed at this baby who is doing everything that mm-hmm. quote unquote normal babies get to do, mm-hmm. you know, or that go through the milestones. Um, and I think the biggest one is, he when he started walking he Mm -hmm. started walking three days after he turned one and my husband and I were both home and Uh, we were just in tears uh, and my husband I'll catch him my son will be walking and I'll catch my husband looking at him and uh just smiling and Uh he'll look at me and say it'll never get old no never get old and it won't yeah I could we could watch our son walk it's just different I Uh I feel like when I was when we found out we were pregnant, it's just like, oh yeah, one day he's going to walk. Like, that's just how it's going to happen. That's what happened with me. That's what will happen with him. And then when we get the diagnosis, you kind of are like, wow, I kind of took that for granted. And now we will never take him Mm. doing anything for granted and even falling because Mm -hmm. you have to stand to fall and Mm -hmm. standing on his feet is everything to us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So that's my, that for me, hitting his milestones were, was just amazing to see and watch him accomplish those goals, you know? So I love that. It doesn't get old. It transitions. <laughs> it like, as she gets older, they do more, you know, mm-hmm. it's everything that's new, the jumping, the skipping, the balancing on the walking on the balance beam. you know it's like yeah these things that I just I assumed were going to happen 
mm-hmm. with my older two, now I'm like, they just mean so much more because yeah. so it's incredible to see these kids. Um, yeah, just they're so resilient and just they they dig deep and push forward. Like that's there, yeah. they just do it. And it's yeah, it's awesome. And I feel like for me, I've grown so much. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would have had so much personal growth if my son didn't have a birth defect. Right. Um, my life needs more, obviously, because I'm a mother to an mm-hmm. incredible son, but also mm-hmm. to an incredible, resilient boy who has the most beautiful feet I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's oh, been sure. the journey, but it's a journey I wouldn't trade for anything. Wow. That's beautiful. Uh, thanks so much for being a guest today, Erin. I so appreciate it. And I really enjoyed our conversation and um, just hearing your story. And I'm so appreciative of you taking the time to share with us and being willing to, because it is a kind of a vulnerable push, position to put yourself in, trying to feel like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm going to share my story <laughs> with, with whoever wants to listen, right? Yeah. And so I appreciate you being willing to do that. Well, I appreciate you having me. I hope our story was encouraging and inspiring for others. And I, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, again, I love the podcast. I would recommend it to people even who don't have club foot babies. It's just, it's such a personable podcast and your page. And yeah, I'm so happy uh, to have done this with you. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And best of luck on the, you know, the road ahead. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So as always, thanks for listening. And if you like this episode, you can subscribe, share, rate, um, and send to anybody you think would be helpful to hear it. So I really appreciate Erin's being willing to be a guest and to share her story. And I find so much value in it. So um, I know you guys will too. So as always, if you need to get in contact with me, you can do so through my website at marinehoff.com or my Instagram at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.